Yo, yo, yo! What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Win-Win Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. Today's a special day. I was on this guy's podcast, I think it was last month or so. We had such an amazing time. I've known him for a while now. The Old Guys Talks to Me podcast host, ex-surgeon. I mean, there's so much that this guy has underneath his wings of his credibility in the game his show is one of my favorite shows and to be honest there's most people out there and say hey i listen to your show no actually really listens to this guy's show because he brings on a wide range of different types of guests and just has a really good time but teaching people how to you know create kick-ass lives themselves mr oris welcome to the show my man Oh, thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Right. Man, dude, you know what we should have did? We should have had a cigar, like, as we're having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you a funny story. The, when the last podcast I did, I did from a cigar bar, and there was a guy yakking behind me, and it just it, it was total background noise. It was, it was actually it was unfortunate because it was, a, it was a really nice conversation I had with uh, – uh, Matt Hogan, who's a, a uh, drift car racer, and uh, mm. but it was it was it was funny. But yeah, we I, I have been known to have a cigar. Uh, it's I'm I'm in Las Vegas now. It's a little too hot outside my patio, but a lot of times I'll take the uh, the webcam out there and have a cigar while I'm doing an interview. You know, it's funny. I was I actually said this to a friend of mine. Um, they were like, "Why don't you just smoke cigars on your show?" I'm like, "Dude, I live in a really nice place, <laughs> and if I smoke a cigar, you know, you can see my seats out there in the balcony." Uh-huh. But if I'm like, I can't just smoke a cigar. It's gonna stink. Like I don't like, you know, the smell of. I mean, it's fine if we're sitting outside. It, the only thing about London is that I have to typically smoke my cigars in a daytime, not at night, because it gets kind of chilly. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the summertime, it gets chilly. I and mean, that's one thing. You get four seasons within a day and an hour, pretty much at this place. I don't know. Don't don't even ask. Don't ask. That, that's why you have jackets and gloves. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's kind of like one of those things you just want to feel comfortable. But <laughs> oh, I the one of the new intro for the Women Effect. Obviously, season six will be coming out, and that's why I'm so far ahead of this show. And this season is because it's going to change, not the name or anything, but the format will change. Um, the setting is kind of like they'll have the TV like on one side of the wall. And then the other side is kind of like cat corner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the intro is actually me lighting up a cigar and blowing it into the microphone. So it's going to be kind of dope. I can't oh, wait for cool. that. That's yeah, cool. I'll that's let cool. you. When, it, when they get done sending me over the template and kind of like the mock-up, I'll have to send it over to you see if you like okay. it. I'd, I'd, love to see, I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different angles. And I guess areas of opportunity we can kind of kick this off. Because I've heard you on other shows. You, we know a lot of people together. But... I guess for the most part, if someone walked up to you in a cigar shop or somewhere in Las Vegas and it's hot as a you know what and be like, hey, man, that's a really cool shirt. Old guy talks to me. What is that about? Like, how do you kind of describe yourself and all the things you kind of have done in your life, man? I feel like you've lived a couple different lives when it comes to all the things you've accomplished. And it's a great thing. Like, how do you kind of describe yourself? Uh, right now, I'm a uh, soon to be, or I'll be, uh, I'm 69. I'll be 69, and I'm a man Congrats. who every day, and not successfully every day. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pick because people go, oh, every day, make not perfect. I'm not perfect by any stretch of imagination. Uh, my goal is to see what I can do to become a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the questions I ask myself every morning in, in meditation and my journaling. And so I ha- I've had a lot of, as mentioned, I've had a lot of different kind of lives, uh, up and down, up and down. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had to return Christmas presents to, to pay for rent. Uh, you know, done that, uh, you know, worry about whether the credit card would clear at a, you know, at a lunch for, for 30 bucks, uh, you know, just all sorts of things. And had great time, traveled a lot, been to a lot of great places. And I, I'm really kind of a guy who wants to still has a lot of experience, uh, a lot of things that I want to experience in life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as in what you mean? Um, as a, there's, there's things that uh, I want to do. Uh, I want to do the, 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 uh, the running of the bulls in Spain. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, a friend of mine just went down to, uh, uh, went down to South Africa for, uh, to swim with the uh, white sharks, big white sharks. Yeah. Uh, I'm so. not going to do that, but I, I do like the whole running with the bulls thing. <laughs> do you know what I think of? I think of that old Billy Crystal movie, city slickers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you remember? I think yeah, it's I remember City Slickers yeah. 2 or, or 1 or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a great – got to watch that movie now. Anyways, but go ahead. I love it. So they yeah. went down to the, the sharks. I, I'm assuming it was in a tank, and they put them in a cage mm. or right. something, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you're probably safer in that shark thing than you are with the bulls because sometimes – usually somebody gets pretty gored uh, pretty good, especially if you're not paying attention or you're not nimble. I'm prior Navy, man. I don't like sharks. <laughs> 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 they always say that like they would train us, right? I remember, like, I still remember this. They would have us out there all the way in the water and we'd be treading water and doing whatever we're doing. This is like, it went on for like six hours, man. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if, a, if something comes up and nudge you, don't move. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How is that possible? I guess if it's, it's your time, it's your time. But then they're more afraid of you than you, they're, you know, obviously they'll attack you. But if you just got to go, you think about where they kind of are, especially if they're in their, I guess, territory. I mean, you're kind of, it's like if I went into your backyard and started like kicking things around, I mean, you'd be kind of irritated, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I want to be around sharks without a cage between uh, bars between me, me and them, but that, that's for sure. But there are uh, other things I'm trying to do a Spartan race now. I saw that. That's I pretty cool. Say, which I haven't sent them to do that with, uh, with one of my daughters. And uh, so there, there are all sorts of things that we're, you know, we saw uh, my wife and I haven't been to Alaska, which is one of one of the big things that uh, we've been talking about doing. So we still got. It's that. beautiful up there, man. It's yeah, so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So, so there's lots of experiences, lots of things that we want to, that we want to do both individually and together uh, as, as a, as a couple. So, uh, you know, it's, and, you know, part of, part of what I'm about and what I thoroughly believe is that just because you're getting older doesn't mean you have to be old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you see, I see people uh, who are very old, even at a young age, and they've, to a certain extent, have given up on life. They've kind of given up on what, the, what the, their dreams, their vision of, of a better life, of having some excitement, having some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the number one word is, is uh, operative word is, uh, and I drew Jordan Peterson, with, with, uh, and I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan. I'm huge. I mean, yeah. that, that, he's, no. my no, he's my number one. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I believe a big purpose of life is fun. Now he doesn't believe he, he doesn't he, he doesn't talk about, it, but you know, having fun is 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 important, and it's really about and that's about your attitude. 
about how you do things. I agree. And how you are in the world. And some people just have gotten so beaten down by life that they've stopped being fun. And it permeates their whole life in so many different ways. They're, they're, they're cranky uh, at, at their work or their business. Uh, they don't really, they're cranky with themselves and the conversations that they have inside of their head. They're cranky with their significant other that they're, that they're with. They're cranky with their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, there's, there's cranky with the world in general. And uh, it, it's, it's a sad thing because you don't have to be that way. And you can make a choice about that. I think that's the important thing is, is you can make I think a so too. I like that. So making a choice, when did you kind of make a decision and then to start to live that type of lifestyle? Because that's a lifestyle, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, choosing optimistic rather than being a pessimist. Right. So, yeah. I mean, a pessimist will look at, at a tunnel and just see. <laughs> that it's just dark, right? <laughs> but uh, actually optimists will look and see the light in the end of the tunnel, you know? So it's kind of like one of those things where you choose, you have to make a conscious decision that is seeing that seeing the other side and seeing the positive. Yeah. Yeah. I think prob- when I started doing that, it started a, cu- a couple of things. Uh, I was a big fan of, of Tony Robbins Mm-hmm. And I actually listened to cassettes, which you know, which will tell you. I had, old, I had those how, too, yeah. how, how, how old I am, uh, mm-hmm. because it, that was that was in the eighties, and that was actually a very trying time uh, in my life. Uh, and I was kind of just kind of uh, working in the world rather without direction, without without goals, without anything really going on. And I mean, I was, I was, I was making okay money. Uh, I was, a, I was a peridonist then, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, I was not, I had no, I had no roadmap for myself. I had no goals. I had nothing written down. And then I started writing things down. And then I, and then I think, I think my, I really changed who I was when I got married. And that was, that was a big part of my, of my life. My, my wife and I are, are best friends and we uh, support each other. We know that there are times that, uh, she's primary. There are times that I'm primary in terms of what mm-hmm. we're doing because right. uh, she, she has her, her own very successful career. Uh, she sells uh, middle market companies and uh, she used to be an attorney. Uh, so 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 I think that, that that when I started having that and then the responsibility of kids and I started looking at things a little more with purpose. Uh, that How many I kids do you have? I've got two kids. I got two. We have two, two daughters. Yeah, they're both uh, done in college, both have jobs and uh, really totally self-motivated at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're doing very well. One's an engineer and the other one, uh, is data analytics for, a, for a company. And she got mm-hmm. her degree in, in finance and, uh, and biochemistry. Uh, so, so, you know, just doing real well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, we're blessed. Uh, we've told our, our daughters that, uh, they're screwed, uh, because, uh, Normally it skips a generation and uh, we were hell for our parents. And then, then <laughs> like, we got these really, really good kids that, that were, like people would pray for our problems. I mean, I, literally what we call a problem with our kids were people would, would pray for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but we've told them that they're screwed because usually it skips because they'll have us for their children. And, uh, and <laughs> They always say it does skip a generation. <laughs> However, the ones that I guess, if they don't have that type of surroundings in a, in a real, like, a, you know, it's, especially with daughters, you know, have a real strong male figure there that, you know, kind of sets the standard on 
how well they should be treated and what the example is. And it makes yeah. it a little, it makes it really difficult when you don't have that type of surroundings. And even with, you know, even mothers, and I'm not trying to get into a men and women type of conversation, but sometimes they, I've read something the other day, actually is a side topic. If the, if the woman is born, if she may has a little girl first, there's a good chance that she needs to, it's, it's a sign that she has some unresolved emotions to deal with. If they, if she, the man, if a boy is born first, then she wants to know the definition of true love. I don't know how true that is. I just came across it. I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. I was like, what is this? What is this shit? I was like, so, and I started thinking about my mom and I was like, well, my, my older sister, I was like, I don't think so. I mean, that sounds totally, I, I was like, what does that mean? I don't know. That's why that's, I can't stop my brain from moving. That, that, obviously, that's, that sounds like some psychology from a from a really screwed up uh, yeah psych, psych department somewhere. Right? But, no, but, yeah. But I, but, but I will tell you, and this will this will probably bring complaints and, and bad comments on, on the, the, the the misogyny meter will will go up on this. <laughs> uh, so after several cigars and drinks, a, a group of us were sitting talking, and we're this was I, I was I I'd not get married until I was forty, so I was single for a long time. Hmm. And uh, so we were talking about women that we've dated and, you know, some women are easier to date than others in, mm -hmm. in terms of their personalities. And what we found was, was that our, uh, you know, our conclusion after talking about multiple women is, was the fact that if a woman had a good relationship with her father, then she was set for having good relationships with men. And if she had a bad relationship with her father, it was very hard for her to have good relationships with men. Mm -hmm. And that and that was irrespective of even of the fact if, if it was like, you know, if the guy was a total dick and he was totally, you know, uh, uh, you know, cheating on his wife and all that stuff and all the good reasons for why someone might not have a good relationship with with, uh, with their father or it might have been, you know, abusive and things like that, even even if that that still worked out that way because it just seemed mm. like that, that's the first relationship that, that a girl has is, is with her father. And it really sets the tone for all that. And so I was, I was very, uh, I was very particular about that in terms, mm -hmm. terms, of, uh, in terms of my daughters and how I functioned with them and, and what I did with them. Are they married yet or are they? Uh, no, one of them is in a relationship and the other one isn't. She's, uh, uh, looks like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, my oldest daughter who's in a relationship is probably, you know, probably going to end up getting married. Uh, mm -hmm. My younger daughter is not. Uh, and, but yeah, so, so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing well. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, I, I'm just morally curious because I, it, it's something that I'm passionate about, obviously being a father of a daughter and granted, I haven't been able to spend the amount of time that I, you know, could, but it's just all a bunch of legal stuff. But you know, obviously we're getting to the last little bit of it, you know, obviously dissolved marriage, but, um, but uh, it, even more so now, I think I've studied a lot on that topic, especially when it comes to, you know, father, daughter mm -hmm. and that conditioning right from the beginning of them feeling, that's one of my, my objectives is teaching her how to deal with men, mm -hmm. um, productively mm -hmm. and not feel like that she has to latch on to a man for success or stability in life. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, and and that's that's an important thing. You know, it's 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 one thing to need, and it's another thing to want. Yeah, want. And, yeah, wants is just something that you're you're fo- you're focusing your energy on. You know, I mean, the need is more going to the desire and what you're passionate about. And if you don't get it, you'll end up craving and then that will spiral you out of control, you know, so. And and also make you accept people that you probably shouldn't accept in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot, especially with this um, pandemic, people have, I wouldn't say come to me. I'm not me. I'm not a coach. I've never been really a coach. I've just been involved in a lot of businesses and I've consulted a lot on the executive side and scaling and whatnot. And then of course people would come to me and I would, when I would see someone that had some issues, I would you know share some things that obviously have helped me over the years that I've learned from pretty predominant individuals on the self-help space. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. Um, there's a lot of people that I've come in contact with that have, I've learned just being around on how to kind of navigate certain things. Um, mm. And I've noticed that certain in people in with this pandemic, they are lonely. So they go back to tox, toxic relationships just to mm-hmm. feel something and to be around someone. Yeah. Um, and that's just a recipe for disaster in my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, unless there's been some major profound change, which usually there isn't, uh, mm-hmm. that toxic relationship will show up. And, you know, the, the deal also is is that uh, it doesn't have to be a toxic relationship. It could be just plain wrong. I, my uh, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, Good point. I, was, I was engaged multiple times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you get did you get all the, did you get all the rings back I, I it was all without rings i was able to do it without rings how did you how did you pull that off you were a I, great salesperson i I have, I have no idea i think a, a lot of them was when i was i was poor and a student so i was able to pull mm. that off but the last woman i was engaged to uh she was a very very bright woman she was a physician uh at the, at the male clinic and all that stuff and uh she and i ended up in premarital counseling hmm uh, which was really good because because we would have had we we would have uh, ended up in in divorce court, and it right. wasn't that it wasn't that she was bad. She was actually a great person. It was she's a great human being. And she I just said, just isn't aligned. She just wasn't aligned with me, and I wasn't aligned with her. And and it, it, you you don't have to make someone to to break up in a relationship or to say like you know what this is not working for me. It's okay just to say it's not working for me. You don't have a lot of times people have to make that person bad. You know, they say, oh, she's a bitch or whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, she was she was actually a great person, a great human being. Uh, I was going through some, uh, some big things going on in my life, not good, not good big things. I was in a major litigation. And uh, so it was it was it was good. But the hilarious part about this, Chris, is I uh, my wife and I went to her wedding. Oh, no kidding. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, we went there. You're, you were the guy in the back, like, not me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and, and it was so funny, was it was the same wedding she had planned for us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does a guy, just, does a guy know that? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, but that's, kinda, just, that's really just, funny, it just, actually. It was just a substitute the groom. I'm sitting in the back of the church. I'm going, like, I talked to my, oh, my God, this is the same wedding she had planned for us. Wow. Well, you know, like girls, I mean, women, or I guess when they, even back when they were in their adolescence, they plan their wedding. 
Yeah. Well, she was also very practical. So, uh, mm. yeah. So, so it, it was. No, that makes sense. That's kind of makes sense. You mentioned um, when you you talked about Tony Robbins and the cassette tapes, and I remember having certain ones and maybe um, showing my age. Well, I guess just uh, maybe our lack of technology at the time. Um, Tony Robbins, and you mentioned you were going through a tough time and a really difficult time. Mm-hmm. If you do, you mind sharing a little bit more for the listeners no, of like no, what I, some I, of the I, things that you had to overcome. And no, I did. I was I was involved in a, in a litigation uh, early in my career, and uh, it was one of those things where uh, my career is my periodontist, where uh, we were basically accused of, of not finding an oral cancer in, in someone's mouth, uh, and this went on through a uh, whole thing. And uh, we went through, uh, and I don't know if anyone's been, been involved in a litigation. I always laugh when people go, I'm going to sue them. I'm like, you know, you that's a long have, process. You have, you don't have a clue. And, and, and unless you got a lot of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not, it's not going to happen. And right. so, I, actually, so, I actually, real quick, that she had someone tell me that they were going to sue uh, a company that I was in. I wasn't involved, I was just brokering a deal, right? And uh, just real quick. He goes, I'm going to sue. You're going to hear from my lawyer. It's like you, you, you don't have enough liquid, bro. This is a, this is a Fortune 500 company. They would, yeah. they would eat you up in court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like so. I, I was like, listen, I did. I'm not hired by you. I'm hired by them. Okay, mm-hmm. and my fees are X amount of dollars. Okay, <laughs> so think about that. If you can't afford that, think about what they'll do with their legal. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, I'll just advise you. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's just silly, and uh, so so. But we went through the whole thing, uh, uh, discovery, interrogatories, a little pre-trial hearing, the full trial, which lasted two and a half weeks over Christmas. Uh, and, and Stress, so we, man. Yeah, yeah. It was just it, it, it went on and on and on because it, it actually went on for five years. Wow. Uh, uh, because then we, we lost at the trial. And then we got we got a, a partial reversal at the county court of appeals, and then we com- got a complete reversal in the uh, 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 state supreme court. And so mm. it was just like, and then like it was like everybody's going like, okay, so we got set set back for trial again, and uh, no one no one had the stomach for it, and uh, so it settled it settled out of court. But it was highly stressful, and it was it was it was during that time that was one of the things that I did to um, how should I say keep myself mentally float was no. Was, yeah. Was, I was Tony, Tony Robbins things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was, uh, that to me was kind of my, my refuge. So uh, I would it, see that I, it's, it's, it has to be really, really difficult when I know for myself of going through stressful times and, and hardship, the more that I would go through that, the more that I had to go back in innerward and to mm-hmm. deal with, to make sure that I didn't fall victim to recreating old patterns of behavior in the same type of trauma. Right. So, and I think that those types of books and those types of speeches, they really do help, but that's just a, in my opinion, Oris, that's just a finger pointing down a trail, man. You got to go live it yourself and you have to go through it. You can't just listen to something profound and mm-hmm. it don't take any affirmative action. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, the, um, the thing about the, the Tony Robbins things is you need to just, it's just like any program. And, I, and we've all, we've all done this where, uh, you know, you, you've gone to a class, took notes, got mm-hmm. all excited. And then you come home Sunday, you put the notes on the, on the bookshelf and, and they stay there. 
That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's the th thing is, is uh, knowledge without action is pointless to a large extent. So you need knowledge and inaction equals, uh, one of the things I say is knowledge and action equals power. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I would so, agree. So you have to, you have to have that. Uh, and the other thing is that I think a lot of times people look for like the, the grand slam and the, uh, that they want it right now. They want it quick. They want to be able to fix the problem as quickly as possible. Or what I would try to say is they would take a Band-Aid and put it over a gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to work out for you. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, you know the amount of work that it takes for you to be successful. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and everyday and process. Yeah. And people will roll by and they'll see, you know, you know how well you're doing in life. And they'll go like, oh, Asshole. Lucky, lucky, yeah. We go uh, lucky, like mm -hmm. <laughs> no bullshit. Lucky mm -hmm. when, when you were when you were busy playing video games, I was busy working. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? No, hundred percent. I'm. I think that there's a lot of time in my life where I just is just like you. I was just going through life, but my flu game was better than most people. I was really good at what I did for a living, but I wasn't living an aligned life on my passion and what drove me. Um, and then I, you know, of course the universe is going to keep hitting you with a, the, the amount of adversity that is going to derail you. But if you don't have those boundaries there to protect yourself and having constructive reinforcements on welcoming un. I guess just being very uncomfortable and just understanding that you don't have to move. You know, like people think sometimes they have to make decisions and take action every day. Well, I've learned through time wars, and I would, I would love to hear your input on this. I've learned through my past experiences, sometimes no move is the best move you can take mm -hmm. in certain circumstances. Because in my, the way I look at it, if it's not going to get me to the outcome that I'm going after or my targets and the metrics, I would much rather not just make a move just to make a move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, if you're going to move, it needs to be uh, both tactical and strategic in terms of what, what the outcomes that you want mm -hmm. and the, and the things that you want may change too. So um, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good because, point. Because, you know, obviously, you know, I wanted different things in my twenties than I do in my sixties. And they're, they're highly different. They're, they're things that used to be really important to me, mm -hmm. but they're not important to me anymore. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, well, okay, well, you know, that, that car was really important to me. <laughs> uh, but right now I really don't care. I mean, I, I like to have a nice car, but I don't really, it's, it's not like I got to have that. It's not like, I, oh, I got to have a Lamborghini. Uh, which from, from my, I, I've never had one, but from what I heard, they're kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, uh, the pain is, they are a pain in the ass. Um, because you can't drive I, a bad curb and everything else. <laughs> I've never, I've never owned one, but I have driven a few. Mm -hmm. Do you know the Lamborghini Ferrari story? Do you know that story? No, no. Well, Lamborghini, the guy, he was a, a grape farmer in Italy. And the Ferrari, he actually pro he proposed the, him, well, them a, an idea to change the car and, a, and to improve the car. Well, they told him that this is an idiot. You're an idiot. This isn't going to work. Who, what do you know? You're a farmer. So he built Lamborghini. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful who you say stuff to. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, the, the, yeah. Be honest with you. And we're those type of people. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, you don't really know uh, who is – you don't really don't know who's standing next to you in the store. Hmm. Uh, you don't – you know, uh, there's, there's it's, just, it's just certain things that like, you know, don't don't be a dick. That's, probably, mm. that's, that's the best one. advice you can ever ever get from someone. You yeah. Just don't be a dick. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Stop. You, you're choosing to kick someone while they're dead. When people are no, typically an asshole for no reason, uh-huh. I, I see right through that. And I'm like, oh, ego, ego, ego. Yeah. This thing is going to eat someone bigger and better. Is going to rip you a new one. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You, know, you next. You never know. There's. There's. You know. And. Uh, was the, the uh, Will Rogers thing? Never argue with a man that chews. Ne- never get in a fight with a man that chews tobacco. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm from yeah. the south too, so uh, I know that statement very well. Yeah, and there's there's a, I have another cor- corollary. Never get into a fight. Never get into a fight with a man that has cauliflower ears. Yeah, no, that's a bad idea. I actually saved my friend in the military from getting his ass tore up one time. Uh, we were sitting in a, when of course, you know, you're sitting in a bar, right? What do Navy yeah. guys do? They go to the bar. So we're yeah. sitting in a bar and we're playing pool. And he just gets a, he wasn't even a mouthy guy, but he would just get a little chatty when he would have a couple too many. And he was just getting like really chatty. And like kind of almost at a point to where the testosterone level was up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, Beaks were out, you know, chests were out, couple couple jokes every once in a while. And then those jokes are sort of flying across and they started hitting home. And I told him, I was like, dude, I, he's not the kind of guy that you want to mess with right now. I'm like, did you look at his ears? Yeah. He's like, what's, and he was like, I was like, listen, bro, that's from wrestling. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's from wrestling with no headgear. All right, yeah. <laughs> and and they wear those they wear those cauliflower ears like a badge of honor. Now let's piss a warning: do not yeah. mess with this guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I was like, the amount of pain this guy has went through. Yeah, he's about to unleash it on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your strike will not will not slow him down. You might get him in a rush. But you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna get him one on one. I'm telling you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no offense. Right. He's a big guy too, and of course, it's, sometimes it's just the bigger guys talk the most shit. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I don't know. Like sometimes they say the small guys, but I like when I'm an encounter or whatnot. I'm not sure how what you are. I I much rather not run my. I get real quiet. Mm-hmm. I don't have nothing to say. Like especially, I mean, that's something I did learn from my father. Like don't run your mouth in those types of situations. The loudest one in a room, they packed the softest punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, I think that's true. A lot um, of the bar going on. You um, um, testosterone got brought up, and I think that's something you speak about a lot. I hear on your show. Yes, like I you do. you see a lot of people, you know, trying to boost their testosterone, but they don't understand how important it is to keep your levels. To maintain those levels during, you know, the thirty, well, twenties and thirties before you get yeah. to the forties, because then you have, to, and that's where you see a lot of I see, you see a lot of people, in then they get to like forty five ish, and they're they have such a low testosterone, right, and they have to take all these boosters and shit, and it messes with them 
and so many different types of levels. Okay, so so we 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 have about thirty minutes. Of, no, I, I should say we have a lot of discussion about it because I have a I have a lot. Okay, I would love for, for the for the for the guys out here, even for the women, to hear this about maybe potentially okay. their spouse. I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just for reference, I've been on testosterone optimization for twenty five years. Okay, got it. Okay, so it's it's not like uh, I'm new to this world. I'm because right I don't know what it is like over over in London, but here in the states, you know, every other ad is about low testosterone. You can go to this clinic and get not a, not as much. They push medication, they push um, supplements more in the states than they do actually yeah. in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I've been taking testosterone for 25 years plus, and uh, it's to me it's testosterone is what makes a man a man. Yes. Okay. Uh, and when you suffer from low testosterone, it's it, you know people think it's about sex, and it's it actually doesn't it doesn't improve your, your sex drive to a certain extent. Uh, it doesn't necessarily improve anything as far as it, it, uh, erectile dysfunction, which is another thing we, we can, if you want to talk about. But uh, what it does is it helps you maintain uh, muscle mass, mm -hmm. uh, helps you keep you lean. It is probably, in my opinion, probably the most effective antidepressant. I would agree with that. Uh, and it is uh, also makes you very decisive, uh, like you can take care of stuff, and it gives you a sense of a sense of youth. Now, the challenge that's going on right now is that uh, there's several different studies, but one of the biggest ones called the male normative aging study that talks about generational decline of testosterone in men. And it's a huge deal. Now, I just got my my lab works and uh, the, I, I was looking at the ranges. And this is where you, this is where I have I have doctors that I, that I see for diseases and I have doctors that I see for anti-aging or what they call it now functional medicine. Mm -hmm. So the, the high end for testosterone on the uh, on the laboratory form, as far as the high range, went from 1100 to 960. Wow. Yeah. 15 years ago, it used to be uh, about 1500. Hmm. And the lower is the drug. So when people, so when your primary care physician tells you you're in the normal range, uh, what he's not telling, what they're not telling you, he or she, is that you are in the normal, you're in the average of unhealthy people. Right. Yeah. But okay. most people don't. And I'm love that you're talking about this because most people do not understand what they mean because they don't have the knowledge. Right. And even maybe sometimes the curiosity to ask the next questions. Right. So, so I've, cause like I said, I've had this discussions with my, with my PCP and I laugh at them now, but, uh, so what's happening is also is that there's, there's certain things going on with what's called endocrine disrupting compounds, the plastics, the, uh, uh, GMOs, uh, all sorts of stuff in the environment that are affecting, uh, in fetal development. And what's happening is that, uh, basically, in the in the uh, in the fetus, uh, for males, the testicles are not dropping at the right time, and they're sort mm. of staying they're being overheated, and so they're not producing as much testosterone as they had in the past. And that's one of the things that, that's occur that's occurring. And this is not this is not like some sort of tinfoil hat stuff. This is uh, there's an article about this in the American Journal of Physiology, which is a highly refereed. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like uh, uh, some tabloid stuff or anything else. No, that's, just, that's real. It's just the real deal. And it, it yeah. makes a good, makes for good reading if you actually are interested yeah. about the human body. Yeah. And the, the uh, so what's happening is, and I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine, actually, I interviewed Keith Nichols about testosterone. Yes. And he said, he said something very interesting because I, I was talking to him uh, the other day. He said that men in their 20s and 30s are showing up with lower baseline levels of testosterone than men in their 50s and 60s in this club. That is insane. Um, I did a test and mine was very high, but I did a test just because I was curious. This is, I think, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and when I took the test, it was here in the UK. Okay. So yeah. when I took the test, they 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 said the same thing. They were saying like it's not normal. This is is a very abnormal result. It's a very high level. Do you take? And they they were asking. They knew I was from America. Do you take anything? I'm like, no. I just take my vitamins. I take supplements, but I take you know the stuff that like. Did you know the GNC packets? Yeah, mm -hmm. I've been taking those since I was like in my mid twenties mm -hmm. every day. So I take certain things, and of course, you know, vitamins and whatnot. And I became a little unhealthy um, when I had surgery and tore my knee up, and then I became a little unhealthy, and I was compromising my quality of life, my like physical body, mm -hmm. my standards. I was a very fit guy growing up, always fit, and then I had that certain, and then I was sort of making really good money, money, right? So then that shift took off, and I gained a lot of weight. Now I've lost, I mean, even when we very first met, I've trimmed down a lot since even January, I've lost so much weight, but I'm getting back to my normal, I'm starting to feel back to my normal self. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you my levels are probably higher now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting. And it's not just testosterone that that's a, a problem. Uh, men's sperm counts have dropped by 50% in the last mm -hmm. three years. Yes. And, and there is a study out of, uh, it's a consensus paper out of Hebrew University. Uh, that is that Hebrew? Hebrew University. And if you want, I can, I can, I can send it to you. But yeah, send it to me. I'll pay, make sure that we put it in the show notes because I think yeah. that that's something that they're, they're going to definitely want to look at. Because, you know, you hear stuff on podcasts you want to verify, but it's not verification. It's more yeah. of just providing them real information, not just some bullshit. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is written. There's a, a gentleman in Israel that wrote it. <clears throat> a, uh, a a woman who's a uh, uh, a uh, epidemiologist at uh, NYU in New York mm -hmm. City. Uh, you know, these are real high caliber. I mean, high, high caliber people. And so they they're talking about this, and they the, the slope of that decline. They're looking at the slope of that decline over the last thirty years, and they said it's not. It's not abating. The decline is continuing down. And their prediction is that by 2050, most men in the world will be infertile. Wow. Yeah. That's not that far away. No. Um, dang it. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And it's, it's, it's showing up in because uh, I'm reading uh, her book called uh, Countdown. Um, what is it called? Countdown? Countdown. Yeah, and her name is uh, uh, Shanna Swan, PhD. And uh, I saw something. I saw something. Did you post something about this? I might. I might. I, I might have. Because I posted. Okay. I, posted. All right. I, I have one of those memories. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, and uh, she says, you know, one of the things they were talking about is <clears throat> is the uh, uh, sperm banks are really having a hard time finding donors with enough volume of sperm. Hmm. 
And that's scary. That's yeah. that's really scary. Yeah, yeah. So, so what uh, do you think? Some of the what do you think? Some of the things. So, if I would say, for instance, if, a, if, a, if some of our listeners, I have a wide range of listeners, mm-hmm. and some of our listeners are more. Some of them are like in twenties, like trying to grow, and especially like the old sales side that I would teach, and then other side, and so there are some men in their twenties. So, what kind of advice would you give someone in their twenties to make sure that that potentially doesn't happen? Well, I think, you know, one of the things is, is it's, it's already, it's, it's almost, because it, these, these plastics and all these things are, are so, uh, so much around us and they're so ubiquitous that it's hard to control your exposure to them. But one of the things I really encourage is, is for people to uh, uh, go to, a, to basically save some of their sperm if they want to procreate. Mm-hmm. That, um, that was, that's what I was thinking, because you see a, a lot of the women, especially even now, now more so um, with corporate America stuff and they go freeze their eggs. Right, and and actually, the quality of women's eggs has gone down too, hmm. uh, according to to uh, uh, Shana, Shana Swan in her book. That uh, that also is being factored by these uh, environmental things. So there's there's lots of environmental things going on, and at the uh, and so you see that girls are actually maturing faster uh, in terms of, of of sexual characteristics than than young men are. Hmm. And so they would even, they even, well, it was like, what do you say? The peak women peak at, I think it's what, 30, Mm -hmm. 30 something years old. They they peak. And this is a study a while back. I've read, I'm just curious, but this is actually even just the start of menstruation. Right. No, that's crazy. Uh, I thought that's when you said that, that's what made me think that it's starting to shift. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so, and so I think that's where, uh, a lot of societal things are, are coming in, into place, and um, it's, it's kind of it's, a, it's an interesting area. And there's uh, it is so <clears throat> packed with potential for uh, controversy because I could see that, and it was a lot of things that people don't want to talk about, and that's why I do love your show. You're not scared to have yeah. uncommon conversations. I mean, even sometimes an, an uncomfortable conversation because it's not it's not even a confrontational like you having a conversation with someone. It's more about what people want to hear. It's like changing the narrative. And that's why I think podcasting is important Mm -hmm. because that's your way of being able to get out information to people that could, you know, give them a different perspective. Yeah. So I interviewed, uh, you know, going into the controversy side, uh, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Scott Howell. He's an MD PhD and uh, he actually helped, uh, he was a consultant to help the U.S. Powerlifting Association write their position paper on trans athletes. Hmm. And his comment was, "Is it's just, it's just obvious when you look at the data that there's a big advantage if you're trans, if you've gone from male to female uh, in, in lots of different areas. And it, it, in terms of uh, your VO2 max, your bone density, your... Uh, uh, in terms of neurological firing in, in certain things, uh, all sorts of things. And it is not the whole thing, everybody, you know, uh, in the Olympics right now, and I think they're actually redoing their policy on this thing, uh, is that they're, they're talking about, well, if we just have to get the testosterone levels down, you know, and, and that that's like, that, but that's, that's not the end all because an X, Y and a double X, processes the t- testosterone differently in their bodies. 
So you can give them the same amount of testosterone, but they're going to process it very differently. Right. And, and especially, and then the, the, all the other things, the, 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 the loss as, as they get older, uh, those, the, the changes, the advantages that they have don't go away with, with the putting in testosterone blockers and all sorts of other mm. hormones. I'm going to go there because I know that you can go there with this and you're be open to having this conversation. How do you feel about the big, huge push over transgender and um, sexuality when it comes to like, um, you know, I see it a lot when they're pushing it with the narrative and the media with some of the, the artists out there, the biggest artists out there. And, and it's okay, you know, they're making it okay, but also, but they're just saying, okay, you can just, you know, it doesn't matter what you're born with. You can just make a switch because you want to be who you are. And even there's a new documentary coming out on Netflix, um, of Bruce Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, don't want to be disrespectful. I, it doesn't really matter to me what people do and what they don't do. What, what matters to me is if as long as they're living a fulfilled life and a happy life, right? Mm-hmm. It's not my body. I'm, I was born a male and I'm staying a male. Um, I love women and that's what I'm always going to be attracted to. It's, it's, it is what it is, but what is, what is your viewpoint when it comes to the, that type of stuff? Well, I, you know, in my interview with Scott, it was very interesting because he talked about, there's some, uh, uh, brainwave changes that happened, uh, in, in certain people in trans, but I think that one, I think the statistics are pretty clear. Most mm-hmm. people that, that change their gender are not generally end up, end up any happier. Okay. That's, that was my, that's where, that's kind of like what my thought process is. It's kind of like the grass is green on the other side. And then you realize that the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's kind of like, you're not like playing, I guess you would say playing the cards that you were dealt. Yeah. And you know, and and it's, it's very interesting uh, because I'm totally surprised that they let that interview go that uh, Leslie Stahl did. I don't know if you saw that thing on on, on TV in the news uh, Mm -hmm. where she interviewed some, she, transgenders and they were all i mean just about to the to the person they were all saying like you know this is this was uh did not give me the results i wanted and they felt like they were pushed through it now this is a this is a highly lucrative business uh doing the surgeries and all the medications oh yeah of course i mean yeah it's 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 highly lucrative and they said they said they were you know these people were some of these were just after a few weeks were being pushed into this life-altering surgery and so so there's a a, you know and you know do what you know do what you want uh i'm not here to tell anyone what they should do and how they should live their life and i don't expect i don't expect anybody to tell me how i I should do how i should live my life Mm-hmm. Uh, try that and see, and see how that works out for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, like you made it to 69 years old and God willing, yeah. you keep making it, keep yeah. going. Cause yeah. you're, you're in good shape. So that's yeah, a good cause, thing. Cause, cause most of the time, I, I mean, people go like, I say something and I said, I said, I said, I'm too old to care. I really am too old to care at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, like I'm like, listen, bro. Like I haven't yeah. made it this far and you really think this is going to bother me? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, but it, it's it's a it, it's such a lucrative business, and at the like I said, at the end of people, uh, there's a, a few people that are kind of famous in this area that have reversed back. Now I, I don't know how you do that, but they've reversed back. How the hell is that possible? 
I, I have no idea. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's, it, and it's not, and, and I, and I can't believe knowing what I know about surgery, I haven't done surgery for a long time, that you actually can reverse back completely to where, to where you were. You know, you can't, I, you, you can't be able to operate at a, at, a, at the yeah. levels you were able to operate at. Yeah. 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 So, so it, it's, it's a, that's uh, odd to me. Yeah. 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 But the fact, the fact that is, is that, that they're not any, any happier. And we have a, a friend of ours who's, who's, who's trans and, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's interesting, but the, the people just are not happier. And they're, they're, a lot of times they're, they're kind of like pushed into this or, or led down the path to say, Oh, this is what, this is what you want. And you're, you know, you're confused and all that stuff. And, uh, or maybe you're not, you know, that, that you, this is, you know, who you self identify at and mm -hmm. all, all that stuff. Um, I, I think it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and again, I think from the athletic standpoint, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, trans, this would be my opinion that trans would have their own category. Uh, and that, uh, you know, uh, there was a, I think there's a litigation in Connecticut, 25% of the boys in Connecticut, and I can't remember what it was for hundred yard dash or 800 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they, they 25% of the boys in Connecticut in high school could run faster than the girls state record. Hmm. Joe Rogan was talking about, something one time i think he was talking about brock lesnar mm -hmm. and he was saying if brock lesnar got a sex change it's like you he would just run right through everyone you know oh, yeah. it's it's that they're not they're not ready for that type of body mass yeah exactly and strength yeah yeah and it it, it doesn't it, it doesn't go away in any appreciable well, that's form. what i'm saying i'm when in, in certain circumstances i mean you wouldn't it, it it's impossible in my opinion um, I have noticed even here in London, I'm not sure out there in Vegas here in London, I, when things started opening back up for father's day, I went and met some friends, um, for a lunch and we sat down and I got up and, you know, of course I go went and wash my hands and, you know, um, wash my face and whatnot. And then I'm standing by the bathroom and I said, good. And a woman walked up and I said, you can go ahead. I thought I was waiting for the men's bathroom, right? It was a unisex bathroom. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, that was the first time I've ever encountered one. I uh, thought it was, I thought it was kind of weird. I, I didn't really, and I don't know, like I thought it, I, I even felt weird being in that bathroom and it mm -hmm. was a, you know, like I just felt like I was in a wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's the traditionalist. Uh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> I was like, know, I'm in the wrong place. I got to go. <laughs> Uh, I was like, I'm gonna. I didn't yeah. use the restroom. I just washed my hands and washed my face, but it was, I still felt uncomfortable. Yeah, you, you, you know, and, and after you've had a few drinks, sometimes you end up in the wrong room, and, <laughs> and you realize it because you're looking around and there's no urinal. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there were no urinals. They were all yeah. just. They were all stalls. They were yeah, all yeah. stalls. Yeah. So so, uh, uh, but that that's kind of a, a funny thing. That is funny. Funny. I'm like, where's the urinals? Where's the urinal? Oh my god! I'm in the girl. <laughs> and, right. and by the way, and what I noticed also in the women's bathrooms, there's always a chair. No, yeah, there is. There's a chair. There was actually, um, I can't remember the top of my head, but I think it had to be a chair in there somewhere. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I don't know. I just, and then I walked back and I had a, um, we talked about it at the table for a couple minutes, and I was like, "That's kind of odd." And like, yeah, they're all over London. I'm like, shit. It's a good indication that I need to get out more. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> but, you know, kind of making a shift real quick. There's a lot of things, you know, anti-aging uh, medicine, um, the women-men dynamics and whatnot you talk about a lot. I've seen that and I wrote down on a note. But you also have something massive coming up here soon. It's a webinar in the, you know, the standard, um, what is it called? The standard dot academy. academy. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank, uh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, I've had, and I, this was done at the urging of, of, of several friends uh, who said like, you know, you need to, to, to share some of your knowledge. Mm -hmm. and you share some of your experiences and, and, and your thinking. And so we put together this thing called the Standard Dot Academy. And what it's about, it's about reclaiming your masculinity. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean reclaiming your masculinity by reclaiming control over your life. And so many times people, uh, you know, get busy with things, uh, kids, work, uh, whatever, setbacks, uh, finances, you know, people, you know, we've had, you know, I've been through three recessions, uh, all sorts mm. of things, and people lose track of what they want to do in their life. Yeah, uh, no, I, I would, I would hundred percent agree with this because they end up, they conformed a few times when, and during mm. their path or their journey towards whatever they're seeking. Yeah. So we, we, we the first thing is really to, uh, in this program is the first thing we want to do is identify uh, what your wants are. And to really get get understanding and the difference between wants and wishful thinking, and also the the other thing that I talk about in the program is that uh, no, you can't be anything you want. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's so it's so fucking true. Yeah. I was telling someone, I was screaming at someone the other day. Yeah, and uh, so so uh, I mean I can I can shoot baskets every day. I will never play in the NBA. Um, so I mean I'm not saying you can't have a basketball goal outside and you pretend to be LeBron yeah. James and yeah. lower it down to six feet and dunk. Yeah, but yeah. it is it's it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So we we talk about that and how to be realistic. A lot of people go like, oh, I want to be a billionaire. Like, okay, well, have you made more? Have you made more than five thousand dollars a month? Right. I mean, no. have you made have you made more have you made more than a couple of million a month? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like, that's a huge gap. Making a million dollars is not what it used to be, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 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 So, so we we talk about that. We talk about uh, certain habits that you have to have, mm -hmm. uh, an anchoring feelings to your wants because mm -hmm. we we want things for the feelings that they give us. Yeah. Uh, you know, a car has no real intrinsic value other than transportation, but we buy cars based on feelings. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do things. And that's past and that's past conditioning and framing. Obviously, yeah. when you were growing up and what you what you s think you like as yeah. a car, yeah. right? Like call yeah. it like you get to um, forty years old or whatever, and people have a midlife crisis and they buy like a. I just think in my mind, just the conditioning and on, on what I will watch on TV is like someone driving a sports car or whatnot. You know, yeah. and get to a certain age. But go, go ahead. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Get the bob. The uh, somebody once referred to it as the the bubble shirt and the uh, and the red sports car. Uh, right. <laughs> and, trade uh, trade in the wife. You know, what yeah, I mean, like for yeah, a newer yeah, model. You know, yeah, I would yeah, see yeah. you see all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we spend that, and then we talk about the importance of, of certain things, uh, such as uh, um, journaling, meditation. Mm -hmm. Uh, the conversations that you have with, with yourself are also very, very key uh, mm. to this and, and how to how to frame conversations and not having a, a victim mentality. And then last, then I can kind of finish about relationships 
and uh, about things that guys can do to improve their relationships and, and move it forward. And uh, these are all things that I've done, I've experienced. And, you know, I, you know, uh, yeah, do I want to make more money? Yeah, of course I do. Uh, do I have, I have a really, I have a really good life. I have a very good life. And, uh, you know, I, I work on it all the time because if you're not working on getting better, you're sliding back. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent or even worse things stagnant and not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but even stagnant, you're still sliding back because you, you just can't stay. In, That's can't, what I'm saying. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. That people say. They ask me a question sometimes. I think, I don't know. I can't remember what show I was on. They're like, well, you losing and you taking a step back. I'm like, that's an opportunity for you to get, you know, you get knocked down in the dirt. Don't get, don't dust yourself off, move. But yeah. if you're just stagnant and you're getting complacent, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Disaster. Yeah. So, uh, and there again, uh, especially on the relationship side, uh, I think being fun is very important. Oh, it's powerful. You know, it's it, it's yeah. being able to, I mean, I think in relationships and not to, to cut you off here, but I think in relationships, it's for those who really can experience joy and bliss mm -hmm. can truly love like yeah. unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, and it was a lot of, I mean, of course, I mean, with the knowledge that you have, I think it's powerful. I was reading a book, it's young Pablo. I think it's his, um, I found out today that's his stage name. It's not even his real name, but he's written a couple of different books. So I think it's one's inward, but the new one I'm reading, it's called clarity and connection. I'll just send you a clip. You'll love it. Okay. Um, I felt like when I was listening to this book, I was like, holy shit, this dude's talking about, is he talking about me? Did he write this for me? That's where I was failing in relationships, but he, he mentioned in, in, um, I think it was chapter four or five, one of those chapters. Um, this is after I was already mind blown. It's kind of like so good. You have to put the book down because you have to like, be able to like, mm -hmm. like let it go. Like you can't consume too much information. I wasn't taking it in. Um, he mentioned that the definition of true, like deep, powerful relationships that those who can have them are reflection on how well, you can be free and open and showing your authentic, uh, authentic self and communicate mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I thought that was very powerful and pretty profound because even in the day, like, you know, like say if I, for instance, I got into a relationship in my mind, I'm also using my emotional intelligence on what she wants as a spouse. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start molding, you know what I mean? Myself into that mask. Well, you're not that that's a recipe for disaster. And that's where you can start looking at these habitual patterns and falling down, you know what I mean? And creating the same bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. kind of like this. I was like showing up on first eight, try this. Like, guys, show up at a first eight, but like how fucked up are you gonna scale one to ten? Like <laughs> <laughs> and if it's see if that crazy aligns with yours, right? So yeah. and then not and just leading with like the what they don't want to hear. And I think it's just I thought that was a pretty powerful quote and I think it's great. I can't wait to see this come out. There's anything I can do for you, but the, you mentioned that relationships like the all of it and you mentioned it in the beginning, you didn't get married till you're 40. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's the reason why you've had such a great marriage and your wife's your best friend is that you waited that long to kind of get it out of your system? Uh, there's a couple of things that, uh, yeah, I think there were, I mean, by the time I was, I was, 
uh, ready to get married. I was, I was kind of like a, a referred to as an overcooked meal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was just, it was oh, just not, I, my, my friends were laughing because I, I was, I was, I was buying certain stuff like appliances that like, oh, like I'm leftover day. You're nest, <laughs> you're nesting, you're nesting. <laughs> you know, like, like what, what guy buys a mix master? Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> I would never have thought of buying a mix master. Oh, that's fucking hilarious! Yeah, you're <laughs> such a funny guy, man. So, uh, and and the and the funny and the, the interesting thing is that um, my wife and I are, are very uh, similar in terms of our ancestry and our, uh, and all that. And so, actually, it's it's a very small community uh, that we're part of. But had we met five years earlier. We, we, we would have been shouting at each other and, and, and not. Yes, uh, I believe timing's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a, you know, we have a, we have a successful marriage, not without its uh, challenges. Uh, and there's also part of it is, is certain things that you have to accept that she's not going to change and I'm not going to change. And, and and if you get married to try to change somebody, well, you're screwed because uh, that ain't going to work. I'll tell you well, that right that's now. That's the well, that's the whole thing that where that's the that's another thing that was written in a book. It talked about don't you ever notice that the people that you try to change or try to fix are trying to make them more like you? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? And I was thinking the more that I went into that book, and I think that's important. That you say that that we're, we're not going to change. I don't think anyone should change. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you, you see where I'm going with that? Like no one should really, I mean, of course you can, if a woman doesn't like to say certain, like, certain language around, of course right, you yeah. have to respect that and being a gentleman. And I think that's yeah. something else you speak about as well is being a true gentleman. And that's, that's something that's went out the window. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah, drives yeah. me insane. Yeah. I, I, if you're around a really, like, if you're around, a good indication is this. If you're around women and they stand by a door, they're not being, you know, whatever. That means they've had some, they've been trained, right? Pretty much by some strong men that open doors and do things like that. Like yeah. still to this day, or so we're sitting at dinner and a woman stands up, I get up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think the, the whole thing of being a gentleman is, 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 is being, being lost and women crave that. Now, and, I, and I'm, you know, obviously nothing's under perceptible. Oh, you know, fine, fine. You can go ahead and lead your miserable life uh, <laughs> and continue in the wooden studies program. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she was a client at some point. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so fucking true though. Like, let's be real. Like that's so true though. Like, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. There are, there, there, you know, and you know, people go like, you know, there are man haters and, uh, you know, and it's, it's so funny. Uh, but they don't they, even give, they don't even give a, a good one a shot. Yeah. And, 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 they're, and they're, and they're very unhappy, even though they tell you how happy they are. Uh, hating and, ass women. Yeah. So, so, but I, I just think, you know, the whole thing about being a gentleman is, is, is something that, you know, women like, uh, women like a man, uh, they don't want an asshole, but they do like a little bit of a bad boy, mm -hmm. you know, because no, that's, that's fun. That, that's kind of fun It is uh, again, but you don't want to. It's mysterious you know, as well. And that triggers yeah. a different chemical in the brain that really excites them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, do you, have you read the, um, what is it? Um, the laws of, is it the law of seduction? It's, it's Robert Greene. 
No, I have no. I that's have, a powerful no. book. Is it, is it, yeah, that's a and powerful it, book. Yeah, and that's another bad word these days: seduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's it's actually a very it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a nice thing. It's something that you do actively uh, when you're trying to uh, have bring it bring about a relationship, and mm-hmm. you know, there's there's nothing wrong even a negotiation. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. A lot of times it's the same thing in negotiation. So I, it's, it's a, the, the relationship thing is, is something that a lot of people have are, are having problems with because of role changes in society and things like that. And it's just like, take a, take a deep breath and think about what you can do to make this fun. And then also you can make it, make, make it productive too. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's people just don't have enough fun. Uh, Do you think it's because they're not present? There's so many. There's, there's so many things. Uh, uh, I, I just I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak on anybody else, but I just know how detached I was from not say the reality, but just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And we all, I mean, I, I, we all do that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say like, you know, that, you know and no one's time. perfect. You just got to make sure you're, you're holding yourself. Like my reflection time is the number one thing that's allowed me to create the life that I'm living today. Because mm-hmm. if you don't measure and reassess and reflect and contextualize, then what's the, it's like you're walking through life and you mentioned without a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have and no you, idea where you're going. Yeah. And you need to, you, you need to also. Uh, this is one of the things that we do in the in the standard is that uh, first of all, you have to catalog where you are. Mm. That's the thing about journaling is important. Yeah, I think it's powerful. But just to kind of get the listeners a little bit more, I guess. I mean, we'll put all this stuff in the show notes and drive the activity to you. I mean, everyone knows has been screaming on the bottom of the screen of where to find you. Um, one of the things that I, I like to end up with. If there's some listeners out there that would really benefit, male or female, doesn't really matter, from some wisdom of someone having a lot of life experiences and ha- does live a great life, no matter what circumstances and things you've had to overcome, mm-hmm. like what couple pieces of advice would you would like to leave from people that need to hear something that might could change their perspective? Okay. Um I belong to a, a, a group, kind of a, a coaching mentoring group. It's called uh, Wake Up Warrior, and one of the things they say is, "No one, is, no one is coming to save you." Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you are responsible for the uh, for the life you created. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes, there are circumstances and things that happen, but it's it's how you react to those circumstances that's crucial, because you are responsible for for your life. I think the other thing is to, uh, I'm a big believer of having written down uh, goals, targets, or whatever you want, and to have specific dates, not like in three months. Say right. Like, yeah. Like you have to, to have be, those timelines written yeah, out. Like, yeah. yeah. It has to be a specific date and timeline. Um, and the other thing is that uh, for me, uh, my, uh, I think planning your life on a regular basis is important mm-hmm. for me. That usually occurs on Sunday. I okay. go to, I go to a cigar bar. Uh, I have a, a, a Gibson, I have a cigar and I sit down and I have a, a, a spiral notebook that I keep with me and I write down 
there. And that's time to, uh, for me to, to, uh, to sit and think hmm. and to most of the time it's uh, strategic, not tactical stuff. It's kind of like the um, it's Stephen Covey. I don't know if you remember that the, the, the diagram with the important, I love, non I love Stephen Covey. Yes, important and not important, urgent and not urgent. And you need to spend a, a time on a regular basis on the stuff that is important but not urgent. Yeah, prioritize prioritize your task and prioritize everything you do with your life. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and that doesn't mean that, you, you know, there are, there, are there are times to actually do the not important and not urgent uh, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, because, I mean, that's where people, they, they feel like they, they're doing things that they don't want to do for themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. They're just doing it for somebody else. Right, right. So I, I think that that's, those are the big things that I, that I would say is spend some time with yourself. Uh, make sure you have a roadmap to, to of where you're going. Mm. And and understand that you, you personally are responsible for your life, and that you can yes you can work to influence other people, but you can't one you don't want to tell them what to do, uh, but you're responsible for your own life and your own your own situation. I love that a lot. That's really good. That's a sound advice coming from someone like you, um, because I mean it doesn't matter how many times people have heard. I mean there's there's things that I say that I've. I guess bits and pieces off of certain things that I would, but it's more about life experiences mm -hmm. and it's true. You, I mean, I'm, for me, I'm, you can't be a captain save a hoe, you know, uh, it, it, it's impossible. It's impossible. So I'm, I'm actually told a guy, and this is kind of maybe not a joke for the girls are here. I was saying this to the, the alpha hippie group, right? Um, I spoke at their alpha. What is it? The alumni call. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll send you a recording. Can you remind me to send you a recording of that? Sure. I went, I went in. Um, and this was even, this was behind, this is the green room. And I mentioned this and I was like, I said, I said, Oh, you're one of those people that you actually think that the first time you slept with this woman, if her bra matches her panties, that what you didn't get her to bed. She got you to bed. Okay. <laughs> you see my point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Bro, <laughs> like you need to understand women more. You need to read a couple books. Yeah, um, yeah. a few actually. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Um, I can't remember who actually shared that with me. It's like if you if you go if you sleep with her the first time and she obviously gives it up, mm -hmm. and if she's matching bra, matching panties, bro, she she chose you. You know, like yeah. she got you to bed. She didn't just made it your idea. Yeah, no, and and they do, and and women have a, a way of choosing you, uh, which is which is kind of it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, and uh, you know, when I was single, and I maybe go out on a date or a few dates with some person, and I always knew that when when she reached over and touched my hand, oh, you knew it was up, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. that yeah, you, you know, you have a high emotional intelligence. I will yeah. say that. And that's the first time that we ever had a conversation. I, I mentioned that I mentioned that to you. That's like you have a very high emotional intelligence. Well, thank you. For a man, for, for a man, it's it's rare. Uh -huh. Especially, yeah. I think, especially the more that you kind of get, and you're not old by any means. I mean, you're in great shape. So it's. This life experience is called what did it call? What does my dad say? Is seasoned. I'm seasoned. <laughs> seasoned. Yeah. I'm seasoned. I'm seasoned. You know? I'm seasoned. But, and I think it comes with a mixture of life experiences and also 
you working on more of the spiritual side and more of the the brain and, and actually maybe some science behind that psychology of understanding yeah. there's there's a certain framework it's going to is required and it's a prerequisite for you to be successful in life yeah. and being successful in life doesn't mean money or monetary things it means are you waking up every morning and being excited about the life that you fucking live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, th- I did a training on Monday about, um, what was it? What did we even talk about? I think it was a Monday. It had to be Monday. I did a training on, I think it was goal setting and I kind of went in a little bit. I'm enjoying the ones on Monday. If you give me a topic. I'll go nuts mm-hmm. for a while. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, but, or she been a phenomenal guest, phenomenal guy. Who knew? Um, we'll drive everybody to the community to you. Make sure that, you know, there's anybody here listening all the way to the end of this. It's just been a jam packed conversation. 843-396-2104. Reach out to Oris. He is part of Winject Studios community. Phenomenal community. Get used Absolutely. to seeing this guy's face. Um, and I, I look forward to, you know, making sure that we keep putting everybody in a position to win. But thank you so much for coming on, man. It meant a lot to me. My pleasure. My pleasure having me on and, and just love the conversation. Uh, next time we'll have to figure out how a way to do it with a cigar. Oh yeah, that that's for sure. I mean, when I finally get across the, you know, get across this pond again, um, we'll have to definitely make it out to Vegas and we'll have to do it live. That'll be definitely fun. Um, right. what's your favorite cigars? Uh, I like Gurkhas and then I also like, uh, uh, the big Pappy, which is made by El Artista cigars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't I I uh, actually interviewed the uh, Ram CEO of, of the company uh, a couple of times and big Pappy is uh, David Ortiz's cigar. Yeah. Um, you have to definitely, well, I mean, obviously it's part of the community as well. And just for those who do not know, I mean, it's one of the first times that I'm actually going to be saying this at winjack, winjack.com is live. This includes listeners of shows that want to interact with different hosts within the community. And they're also for podcasters or media. It doesn't matter. We're inviting everybody to the party to communicate and to interact and, to learn, talk a little shit, whatever that might be. (laughs) But well, also as part of the part of the community where we do a lot of meetups and then we do a lot of pod swaps. So yep. 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 But anyways, man, but I appreciate it. Take care. Be well, be you, be great guys. And bye for now. We'll see you soon. Brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.